Hello, wild being. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here with me today. I interview Jamie in this episode, who is the owner of Ember and Aura, a business that sells her fabulous tarot deck, Lemurian crystals, shamanic painted drums, and some channeled art that she's created. In this episode, we talk about tarot and how it created or the theories behind when it was created, how you can use it as a resource for your spirituality. We get into dreamland time and processing through dreams and how you can work with your dreams. We discuss balancing the masculine and feminine energy. We talk a little bit more about some of the products she sells and just connecting in with the intention of becoming a better human, creating more awareness and presence in our being. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. I hope you have a wonderful day and remember to stay wild. Okay, well, welcome Jamie to the podcast. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I came upon your tarot deck, I think maybe on Etsy or somewhere I, you know, was searching. It was the first tarot deck I ever bought. And I just, it's my favorite still. I am always like, this one always tells me what's going on. And I just really loved the story in the beginning of the deck, how you kind of explained how you came across creating it. So I would love if you could share a little bit about how you created that tarot deck. Sure. Um, So I was about 40 years old. It was 2018. Um, I had been working with tarot for about eight years and I had two very small children and was living in Denver, Colorado, which was a big cultural change for me. Uh, I'm from the South. So um, having that distance between uh, my roots, my fundamental roots and myself was really valuable to um, help me grow spiritually with a a real sense of independence. Um, But I was really tethered by having young children and not having a sense of, autonomy when it came to my work and my business and like making a name for myself, which were things I was kind of used to um, being a former business owner. So anyway, um, I was really um, overwhelmed with having young kids. And my husband at the time told me to take a weekend. He traveled a lot. And so um, when he had some downtime, he told me to take a weekend to myself. And I found this beautiful little casita in Colorado Springs um, in the mountains, in the, in the forest. And it, it was on a drive literally up Pikes Peak. And um, <clears throat> I have spent a lot of time in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So I was like really drawn to the little adobe, you know, house that, um, brought me back to my time in Santa Fe. So I uh, spent a weekend there and I thought, oh my gosh, like if you have kids, you know, when you have free time, you're like, what am I gonna do with it? Am I gonna, 
do Netflix? Am I going to like read? Am I going to draw? Am I going to do yoga? Whatever. Um, so I took a huge suitcase full of stuff and I thought I was going to read, but I ended up sketching. Um, and I'm not really good at like finishing projects and <laughs> a really big project. So the fact that, um, I sketched out 78 images and actually followed through with it over the next few months was um, uncharacteristic for me. But I had um, a lot of divine feminine energy going at that time in my life, probably just like crossing that 40 year mark in my life um, was just, uh, just a, a willing vessel for that. And um, yeah. So just kind of knocked it out over the course of four months. And Beautiful. Yeah, getting that solitude you touched on, being a parent, being a mother, and kind of how that impacts your spiritual growth. Right. I feel right. like in some ways it kicks it on. And then also it's like all of your energy is spent keeping this new human alive. Right. Yes, it's very draining. Um, in a good way, you know, I think it's like one of the greatest lessons that, that life can give you is like pouring yourself out, you know, for the needs of somebody else. But when you're a parent, it never stops. So you really have to find the time to replenish yourself. Yes. So did you find, you said you had been practicing tarot eight years before that. Were you still in the South or did, were you in Denver in that time? Um, I was in the South. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting discovery. Um, I had had my first child, a boy, and it was a very uh, traumatic birth. Um, he was born with a very rare genetic disorder and he had a heart defect and I was, and he had surgery, a heart surgery as a newborn. Um, and I had a very competitive spirit. Um, I, I owned a um, women's clothing store at that time, and I just could not um, process what was a perceived failure to me, to, to him, to my son, to <clears throat> um, just, uh, I lost faith in myself. It, it became this huge, like, ego blow to me, and I didn't, wasn't aware that it was there, that that construct was there, and I wasn't aware how to repair it. Um, and I didn't have a whole lot of emotional support. Uh, nobody had been through what I'd been through. Um, I lost my mom in my 20s. So I didn't have like that automatic backdrop of like maternal wisdom, you know, to kind of like guide me through it. Um, but I started having these like epic dreams. Um, I had already followed and, and worked with my dreams for a long time, but they, they kind of went to a new level to where they felt like they weren't coming from me. And it, it felt more um, like major arcana, you know, that was the tone of my dreams. And so I, through a really interesting um, chain of events and connections, I found a woman in a nearby town who um, was a Jungian analyst and counselor. So I started working with her specifically for my dreams to help me 
work with them and like integrate them into a learning healing mechanism for me. Um, and we kind of hit a wall one day. Um, I think I was having a recurring dream and I can't remember what it was. And we had tried several approaches. I obviously like wasn't getting, my subconscious wasn't like um, getting the message or, or learning the lesson. And so she, one day she said, hey, you wanna try this? And she reached into a drawer and pulled out um, Mother Peace Tarot, which I don't know if you're familiar, but um, it's been around since, I think it was published in 1981. And it has like, this gorgeous, like, feminist um, undercurrent, and it's round. Um, and I was just like, she laid out that first reading, and it was just like, I almost fell backwards. It was so potent, so resonant, so, like, divinely compassionate. It, it just, it blew me away. And, hey, kitty. And, um... Yeah, that was, I was like hooked. I was instantly hooked. But yeah, that happened like not far from Little Rock, Arkansas. And I had up until that point, no, um, no association with tarot other than what you hear, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. That's interesting of kind of how you got connected to tarot and then just your journey with it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So you have a blog on your website about the history of tarot, and I thought that was incredibly interesting. If you could share a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think there's two different schools of thought when it comes to tarot. Um, I don't really have enough information to where I can write a book and I tell people like I'm a before I'm a teacher. But you know, there's this one thread of um, a theory and thought that tarot originated in Italy, um, you know, like 300-ish year ago, years ago, and that it was um, used in a, in, a, in a game called Taroki. Um, nobody is exactly sure who created it or why. Um, it might have been made or designed for a prominent family um, in Italy at that time. Um, but, and then maybe it, it went into the hands of the gypsy, um, sort of culture and, and then became used as a means of divination, um, to make money. So that's, that's one idea. Um, and then one that I know less about is that Tara originated in Egypt, um, perhaps by, um, hermetic priests and that it contains this um, ancient wisdom that's encoded in the numerology and the symbology and the in the elements um, and that it basically is like buried wisdom because over time it became a threatening tool to the powers that be um, but it has survived you know millennia um, and has wound up in our hands. I mean, you know, anybody who, who picks this up is like, oh, it's just like a box of paper, you know, and it is, but you don't have to work with it long to realize that there's something deeper going on there, you know, and just because we don't understand how it works doesn't mean that it, that it doesn't work. 
Yes, yes. I feel like it's got to be a very old ritual. Maybe it wasn't, you know, specifically how we do it, but that's got to be a very ancient ritual tradition of doing like Oracle or, you know, picking things and connecting to a higher right. power. Right. So you said that it survived millennia. That's something that I have been processing through a lot lately is like the increase of how you know, all the people I know, you ask all the crystal shop owners, and I'm interested in what you think about this, but it's like they say the last two years have been like the busiest years in their business. And there's like this, you know, people are really, and you kind of talk about this in the awakening deck of, there is a awakening of consciousness and people are getting really interested in all of these things. Do you perceive that that's happening also? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's happening for several reasons, I think that, and I think it just reflected in the in the current like energetic climate, and you know what we're experiencing astrologically. Like we know that we're there is this pattern that we're being challenged to move towards the new and to release the old, and we have to continue to evolve. We have to keep pushing through the discomfort towards what's new. Um, and that resistance is futile basically. And some of us are like rolling with it. Some of us, a lot of us are struggling. Um, and then there's a lot of push pull with that, you know, uh, one step forward, two steps back. Um, and I think as we're all evolving and progressing in our own ways, we're reaching for things um, because the old methods that kept us safe and secure. Um, <laughs> you got two dogs. to see and kind of what you're saying about like we're being forced almost to like you know keep up with earth and these you know faster spinning vibrations but there is a lot of ups and downs and I think you know we kind of talked about before of the intense death and rebirth that you go through and I think when you become more in tune and my favorite card in the uh your deck is the moon card I just love your words about the moon and I always process through that of how that cycle of the moon is really that grow and release and it's a very intense cycle of you know every moon cycle it's like a lot of release and you're saying a little bit about the resistance personally my body will have 
it's like my mind is ready, but my physical being, like my body has resistance and I get like Mm -hmm. tension and pain in my body Mm -hmm. in my arms. Right. And it's like, I'm holding Mm -hmm. on to that Mm -hmm. safety net. Like you just kind of explained. So definitely interesting. Right. And I think, um, speaking of like how you're experiencing your body, I think like we, we also have to, we have to, sorry, we have to prime ourselves physically for what's happening, you know, to us. And if we don't keep our, if we're not like giving our body the care that it needs, like I, I'll probably return to like some biblical metaphors here, but you know, like Christ talked about putting new wine in old wine skins, it doesn't work, like they're gonna burst. And I think like, as we um, are taking in all this, this massive new energy of, of how the universe works, you know, and we're in more is becoming revealed to us. Like if we're not giving our bodies with the rest and the hydration and, and the movement, and I'm not saying like, um, you know, hardcore exercise, I'm just saying movement and like following the energy and rhythm of our body and caring for our organs and, and giving it the, the nutrients that the body needs, you know, like it goes hand in hand. Um, not just, even when you're taking care of the physical body, you're actually housing the spiritual body, you know, and, and these, they have to work together. So yeah, I mean, good for you listening to your body and seeing that that connection, like that you're clinging, right? Yes. No, you're, you're so right. Yes, it does house the, you know, the physical body. I think what becomes challenging is that the physical body is so dense, which is, it has to be right to be on earth. But when this, this faster spinning energy comes in and is trying to like recalibrate, it does require a lot of rest. And I think just similar to attuning with the moon cycle, when you really attune with the Zodiac and the seasonal patterns, it's like perfectly aligned. Like there's perfect, it's half dark, half light, half bringing more light, half bringing more Mm -hmm. dark. And so this winter, it was like, for me, at least I tried to do these things and it was like, my flight got canceled and like Mm -hmm. this got canceled and the universe was Mm -hmm. like, you have to rest. Mm -hmm. And following that, it's like now spring is coming. And I feel like this, you know, the trees are blooming and the flowers are blooming and that's similar energy that's happening with us. Right. And probably in your line of work and with your audience, um, I would think that like, educating them about the lunar cycle is one of the first steps. I feel like as women, um, it's one of the easiest things for us to relate to in nature. Um, I I mean, I feel like that's a beginning stepping stone for a lot of women is just like following the lunar cycle. Yes. Yes. I, I completely agree. And something I love about the moon is it's like, everyone can see that there's a moon and that it's getting bigger and that it's getting smaller. It's like, right. You can't, <laughs> yeah, it's not anything that we can be like, that's not right. real. It's like, it's, it's not body. metaphysical. Like, yes, mm-hmm. yes. It's a real thing. So you touched on what's, what we're experiencing astrologically. Do you have any more like insight into that or any other? Well, I'm not an astrologer by any, by any means, but I, I you know, I, I watch a regular forecast, um, twice a month uh, with one astrologer in particular who isn't like too out there for me. Um, She's very pragmatic. She's very soothing. um, And she's just kind of like, hey, this is what we're looking at for the next two weeks, 
you know, she, she does a new moon and a full moon update. Um, so, and some other things in between occasionally. But um, yeah, I mean, I know that there continues to be this um, kind of showdown between Saturn and Uranus um, that we felt really hard last year. Um, and then I think there's another like exact square between them, maybe in October. Don't don't quote me on this. <laughs> An astrologer. Um, I know that this um, is when we're really feeling the push pull of, uh, and the tug of war between the old and the new. Um, something that I've been feeling really strongly lately is a conjunction between Neptune and Jupiter, which is going to be exact early April, maybe April 12th. Um, so this has a lot of us feeling very dreamy, very um, psychic, is really like amping up our dream world, amping up our creativity. Um, but on the flip side, it can make us feel kind of loopy, <laughs> you know? Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I kind of like keep an overview of what's happening in my back pocket. But like, I tell friends that, uh, you know, you wouldn't obsess about the weather forecast. You know, you don't like look at it all day long and then like think about exactly, oh, should I change my shoes? Should I change my jacket? Should I take a number? You know, like just, you know, just go with it. Like mm -hmm. it change, it will, whatever it is, it's gonna change. Everything's temporary. So I try to hold it lightly. Yes. That's a good analogy of just like having awareness, but not making it control your life and, you know, right. change too much of what you're doing. Do you still work with your dreams? Oh yeah. What are practices that you found useful for that? Um, so the woman that I worked with for about 10 years, who I said was the Jungian analyst. Um, what is that? What is Jungian? So that's based on, on the work of Carl Jung. Oh, okay. His, his archetypal um, motif. Um, woven into all his um, work. Okay. Um, kind of helped me to learn to walk through my dream in, I'll say, three stages. Um, so we would always write down the dream and then pick out. So I'm going to give you a hypothetical. Um, of a good one so okay for example this is very brief but like I had a dream that I walked outside and I have this vintage coach bag that my mom that was my mom's it's beautiful it's a big bucket satchel and it was sitting out in, in the rain in the mud and I had forgotten that I'd left it so I would write down that dream to the most minute detail because it's all relevant. And then I would say, for example, what is um, a bag? What is a bag? What is a purse? Um, relate it to what um, on, a, on a macro level, like what is everybody? associate with a purse. Well, it's what a woman uses to carry her personal belongings. 
okay? And then I would approach it from a more personal, subjective level. What, what is that curse? Well, my mother who passed away valued it and left it to me and I value it and I put my personal items in it. Um, so then I would rewrite the dream from with now this new information. You know? what, what like sacred container of mine that's made of leather, natural, the natural world comes from nature. I'm getting my own lesson now. Um, <laughs> you know, has been neglected. What, how have I left it vulnerable and unprotected and exposed to the elements? What's inside of it? Is it still safe? You know, has it been cared for? Um, maybe the rain actually softened this. Maybe like the elements have purified this somehow. In any case, it's something that had fallen out of my level of awareness and it needs to be recovered and it needs to be protected and um, reevaluated, you know? So like what, then, then I would apply that to me. Um, you know, what's happening with me spiritually, what's happening with me physically. Could this like container vessel, could it be like, could it correlate to like my second chakra, you know, my womb space? Could it, you know, just, you just kind of, you have to explore any, any associations. And I think dream work is like the most fascinating insight, you know, to our soul, like such a gift. I think it's such a gift. I completely agree. I love dreaming and I've always been so intrigued, you know, with dreams. And it's so interesting with, you know, sometimes I can like really, you know, really aware of what's going on and like, you know, really you know, almost not, I don't like saying controlling it, but kind of like having more consciousness, you know, aware right. awareness in the dream. Mm -hmm. And it's so beautiful. I think I'm wondering if you have any tips about this, but you know, there's so many, I'm always fascinated talking about dreams because it's like just such an interesting thing that we really oh, don't. Yeah. I can know. talk, obviously I can talk about it forever. So feel yes. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> so it's kind of like, I, you know, they talk about, there's like seven, well, Carlos Castadina talks about who studied under Don Juan more like shamanic practices talk about their seven gates of dreaming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you get to these higher gates, it becomes, you know, not dangerous, but you're just tapping into more things. And I've noticed that sometimes in my dreams, when I am more conscious and like aware, there's always something, you know, trying to get me. And similar to how you were saying, like, you felt like you weren't controlling that is I, I process through how that could be connected to you know, my personal life and, you know, how I'm feeling, if I'm feeling fear and these things, but it's also like, sometimes I feel like it's external entities or energies, you know, trying right. to come in and make me almost not have that awareness. So I'm just wondering if you, you know, ever explored like protection in dreams or anything like that. Um, wow. This is like a whole realm right um i have not sought protection in my dreams it's always felt like a really safe space for me um, however i don't do a lot of lucid dreaming 
and I don't do any astral travel. Um, very rarely do I have an out-of-body experience, maybe once a year. I know that a lot of people work diligently with those exercises and want to have lucid dreams and want to leave their bodies and want to explore. Um, I, I come from a much more surrendered attitude. Like I, I believe there are divine messages and like I'm excited to receive them, you know? Um, and I do use my cards a lot um, for dream interpretation. Um, having said that, I have had some undeniable experience with entities that in 2020 I did um, that were terrifying. <laughs> but um, I haven't, I haven't since. I haven't in, in about two years. There was just so much going on with me personally and, and like the collective. I mean, it was just like a crazy mess, you know. <laughs> Um, so no, I have not used any protective methods, um, but it's an interesting concept. I like, I'm pretty old school. I'm pretty much like light a candle, say a prayer, give it to God, you know, um, and, and a willing recipient, you know, for whatever wisdom needs to be shared. Um, do I think there are entities out there? Yeah, um, but I don't, I think that you can um, choose to um, exist in a state of, of faith and know that you're protected. You know? Yes. I don't um, invoke anything or do a ritual or anything like that. No, that's good. I think following... It's not, it's like old school is one way to say, it, or just like that is ritual, like, right? Like reading the Bible, there's so much ritual in that, like praying and mm -hmm. it's just different words, I think is, you know, something that's hard for a lot of humans to navigate around is it's like all the same thing, but it's just different words. Right. Semantics, right. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're all trying to get, you know, to the right, same thing. Right, right. And I know that like, what, what, what is an, um, what is a cherished uh, practice for me is very triggering to other people. So I try to be sensitive, especially about you, you know, using anything biblically or related. But um, yeah, it, it, you're right. It's just a matter of wording. Like we're all still like connecting to the divine. Yeah. What do you mean that using connecting things to the Bible is triggering to for individuals? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why do you think so? Why do I think that is, or why do you, um, yeah, why do you think that it's, that's triggering for people? Um, well, you know, I have a, my audience is predominantly, um, you know, pagan, um, and I have a lot of friends who are witches, I have a lot of friends who are Wiccan, I have, you know, I have a circle of friends that are from all different walks, um, and I think, you know, and, and most of them were raised in the church. So um, I try to be sensitive about the pain that they've experienced. Um, and yet, 
I still want to remain like a flexible bridge for people to access the, the, the beauty of the message of Christ, you know, um, or see it in its true light. I think that the, the problem is, is he's been betrayed, portrayed, and betrayed <laughs> in, um, in a false light. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I just try to be mindful of whatever um, pain people have been through. Yes, that's kind and dogmatic religion. Yes, I think that's very mindful. And I, I like what you say of it's kind of, it's, it all depends on how you read it, right? I was raised Christian and never really was like, you know, I feel like I'm very into like nature and spirituality and connecting to the elements. And I'm like, you know, really drawn to those things. And going to church when I was younger, it was just kind of like what my family did. But then once I read some of Eckhart Tolle's books where Mm -hmm. he does take, you know, quotes from the Bible and reads them and like, you know, at first there was light or, you know, and then there was light or these things. And you're like, oh, it's just talking about the same thing. Right. So kind of tying those things, Mm -hmm. you know, different together and those things. So how do you, what are some of your grounding practices as you're going through you know, just these expansions and these upgrades and like the death and rebirth cycles. Do you, you know, follow the moon cycle or? Oh yeah. Yeah. So Uh, how is your energy connected with it? Like on the new moon and the full moon, how do you feel or does it depend on the moon? Um, so over the years, um, I kind of, I kind of waffle between like following giving my attention to the lunar cycle as the moon waxes and wanes and giving my attention to my inner, you know, cycle as it waxes and wanes because most of the time they're not in sync for me. Like it's very rare that I like actually bleed on the new moon, you know? So I think like as women, it's important to just like stay sensitive to both energies basically. And um, because the moon is waxing, like if you're going into your chrome period, like pay attention. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to be harvesting right now when internally you're in a new moon or dark moon phase. Um, So I would say I pay attention to both of those. Um, I still honor, you know, the new moon and the full moon. I still set my intentions. I still shed. you know, what, what is no longer useful, but, um, yeah, like, I think it's a balance. Um, I make, I make offerings, um, to, to, uh, I have a creek outside my house and, um, yeah, I just think like, it's so highly intuitive. I don't think you like, you need to read a book and be like, go out to the creek and like pour meal in it in in incantation, you know, like, I do because like sometimes like I need to go out to the creek and throw some cornmeal in yeah. <laughs> or some whiskey or you know like you just like you just know you yes just know that that's what she wants and then doesn't demand but just like come out and talk to me and come out and like give me some of this rich yummy stuff that I gave to you you know what I mean it's just like this beautiful you know um invitation yes no I like that I 
like your words about that a lot of not, you know, having to read something. It's like, just go outside, <laughs> like just right, right. walk outside. Take barefoot, and, take yes. your shoes off. You know, yes. Rock. Exactly. Just, it doesn't have to be, you know, this big thing. Some of the simple things really, you know, mean so much. So I just wanted to ask you a little bit about, you had mentioned earlier in the conversation about having a lot of the feminine, you know, divine feminine energy come through. And I feel like you're, tarot deck is very feminine which I adore mm -hmm. however I'm wondering now you know finding that balance of that masculine and feminine energy what is kind of your thoughts about finding that balance like you know that comes across as like very feminine and I, I love the feminine energy and I think that right now there's a big pull for like finding that inner balance of like both of those energies. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. That's a big topic. Um, yeah. So I think um, why 2021 was so painful for me was realizing that. Um, so long story short, I abruptly left my husband in a, in a 20 year relationship and moved from Denver to Little Rock with my two young kids. Um, and I was shocked when I realized that my practices wouldn't support me and wouldn't support my fear and my grief and like the demolition of that identity that I had so carefully created and woven around myself with this beautiful spirit of the divine feminine. Didn't do it, you know? And I was like, what? I mean... This is my life. This is like, this is 20 years of experience that are not like upholding me. What is happening? What is happening? And um, it just, you know, it was just pulverizing, honestly. Like just um, realizing that it wasn't enough and that I was out of balance and that I had been like putting all my eggs in one basket, basically, which is like the divine feminine. Um, and I know that like what's happening on earth, that, that she is reawakening in so many, like so many people, yeah, are waking up to her presence and, and she's making herself known, but you're right. Like it doesn't do any good to just tip the scales to the far left, you know? Um, so I did a lot of, you know, last year was the year of the Hierophant in tarot. And so I did a really, um, really strong return to um, uh, self-disciplinary modalities like breath work, like meditation, like um, inner witnessing, present moment awareness. And you know, those things like don't give us a dopamine hit you can't post them. They're not content driven. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's this rigorous um, strengthening of your, and also letting go of your identity. Um, so that helped bring me back into balance, I think, um, because I feel like that sort of discipline it feels more masculine to me 
Whereas like the divine feminine is more like I burst you into creation. You can do no wrong. <laughs> like I will love you exactly the way you are and you, and I'll never expect you to achieve anything on my behalf. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, such a nurturing energy, but like just kind of getting back to the basics of um, breath, um, present moment, living in the now, um, brought that into balance. Yeah, finding that structure, like right. with the flow and the structure. Yeah, what right. an intense experience and, you know, really shattering but then also can be like brought back together in like a new algorithm or pattern so right right it can be intense I think this earth can be intense <laughs> oh man what did we sign up for I know I I know yeah. I, <laughs> so what are some what have you been doing to like maintain that balance or bring yourself back into balance between masculine and feminine so I think for me I try to find a balance of the elements where, you know, I think we have more feminine element aspects of elements and then more masculine aspects of elements. So for me, it's kind of finding the balance of just like through the chakras too, right? Like with the throat chakra, like not speaking too much, but being prudent with my words and then like listening good, right? Like having that balance. And then mm -hmm. with my lower chakras, like with earth like being grounded but not too rigid mm -hmm. so kind of finding the balance of all those things and then mm -hmm. I think that that can help me and specifically stepping into Aries where we're stepping into you know a, a new year and fire mm -hmm. my sun sign is Aries and a lot of my signs are in Aries so it's always a very somewhat intense but it's like one of my life lessons of like finding the capacity to hold this fire without having like you know too much not rage but just like intensity yeah so that's warrior. kind of how I yes warrior right and like having a lot of that and so I think balancing all of those things mm -hmm. has been you know really good for me and then also just allowing myself to process through things right because I right. I do feel things like incredibly deeply and it's you know, I feel grief and sadness like very intensely. And so allowing space for myself to feel those mm -hmm. has, has helped me. And it's still just like a learning lesson, right? Of how do you do this? And how do you continuously, you know, expand and realign and expand and realign and reintegrate? Right. And so I think that my journey has been a lot of like, you know, intense experiences and then like letting you know, feeling it and then trying to let it go. Right. <laughs> um, sometimes I wonder like, oh man, are the Aries have to work really hard because I feel like it would be so hard to be that, to deal with that fire, you know? Yeah, um, I think that, that, and that's another thing, right? Of like, we so identify with specific emotions as negative, where mm -hmm. for me, I do feel anger and frustration. I'm not angry and I'm not frustrated, but I feel that emotion right, and I right, feel right. it like strongly. And so my, one of my, you know, learning lessons and what I'm, is how can I feel those and process through those without, you know, hurting another being? 
Right. So that's, <laughs> yeah. So that's where the, nobody like, gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody gets hurt and no one, you know, you're not meaning to hurt anybody, but right. so that's where, you know, when we're talking about the human vessel of like drinking nettles or cooling things, or, mm-hmm. you know, I can't eat spicy food and be, you know, mm-hmm. I don't drink alcohol and things mm-hmm. that cause more heat. So trying to energetically find the balance. And then of course, like balancing out the lifestyle practices to, right find the center and not <laughs> explode. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. What's your sun sign? Cancer. Oh, so you're, yes, water and flowing yes. and, and connected to the moon. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at tarot, then is there specific, because each of the you know, like cups, coins, they're all corresponded to a specific element. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Right. Can you explain which ones go with which? Oh, yeah. So cups are emotions. Cups, water, emotions. Okay. Discs or coins or pentacles are earth and body. And is this, am I doing this right? I mean, is this understandable? Yes, yes. Because um, I'm a visual person. Um, swords are thought and intellect and air. Okay. And then wands are fire and energy or inspiration. Okay. Um, so yeah, so you said the moon stood out to you. Um, the moon card actually corresponds to um, Pisces, I believe. I, I need to like, there, there is a zodiac um correlation to all of the major that's what I thought I I'm not familiar with like which one's which but yeah um I would have to like look at all of them together moon is the moon but I don't think it is I think the moon is Pisces um which is interesting there's so much like Pisces energy right now it's like tsunami yes Lots of emotions and yeah, coming up to the surface to be mm-hmm. seen for what they are. Right. Undeniable. <laughs> yes. So I would love if you could just share a little bit about some of the other products that you have on your site. I really love your shamanic drum that's painted. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So 2018, when I made the deck, I also went through shamanic training um, with a group of uh, women and um, yeah that was a really important part of my life for a couple of years um, yes so I do have drums that I hand paint and um, anybody can do it I'm not like special in that respect but I, I found a really good tutorial on YouTube um, with a woman that explains how to do it with tracing paper and all it tells you which markers to buy and all that um, so yeah I love painting drums um I have some I think uh art prints um for sale which is just some little channeled whimsical um watercolors um I have sold crystals for about a year now and uh somehow um got really you know somehow got really into Lemurians 
Um, so that's what I sell the most of. Um, Lemurian sea crystal quartz. And so they're from the sea? No, they're actually from Brazil. Okay. Um, so, you know, maybe Brazil was underwater. I don't know. Um, I mean, yes. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know, like, the whole, like, legendary um, timeline of civilization and, and why these stones are buried in Brazil. But, um, yeah, so supposedly, like, they, these crystals are etched with um, encoded messages. Mm. Um, and, yeah, they're pretty magical. They're also beautiful. And soothing. They have a lot of um, divine feminine energy. So those are the main things I have. Beautiful. Yeah. So the Lemurian—that just means they're—they were buried. Is that just a category to describe ones that are from Brazil and buried there? Um. Well, um, are you familiar with the Lemurian um, civilization? Yes, I have a. I one of the decks my friends gave me is like the Lem is. The Lemurian something. Is it the, what's her name? Izzy somebody? Probably. Um, really vibrant art. Um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so, you know, the story is that as the Lemurians uh, knew that, they, that their civilization was doomed and going to, um, they uh, encoded messages for the future inhabitants of earth, you know, in these stones and buried them. Um, and when you meditate with these stones, you rub them with your thumb and you can see which part of the stone has like these horizontal ridges. Um, you rub it with your thumb and you just hold it as you meditate and see what visions come or you can hold it. My dog is like pulling on my shoe um, or hold it to your third eye. Um, yeah, so I got really into that for a while. Um, all of these things, you know, I'm like, just uh, don't mistake the practice for the, the ultimate truth. Like what we're all ultimately going for here is like a sense of inner peace and like harmony, you know, in a way to um, give love to our fellow, you know, human beings. And like, I feel like we get real fixed. We find a practice that works for us and we get become like obsessively fixated on it. And we're like, nope, the meaning of life is crystals. You know, <laughs> nope, the meaning of life is tarot. And like, we forget that these are just tools to like help us evolve and become a better person. Yes, I completely agree. I think that there's something about, right? Like you don't need to have all of these things you could, you know, that doesn't really mean anything, but it's, it's how it's helping you attune and, right. you know, with your journey, how'd you come into contact with that, like that specific crystal? Um, I'm trying to remember. Okay. So a good, uh, close friend of mine that I met at shamanic training introduced me to, um, a woman on YouTube who channeled messages of the Lemurians. And I had never, I was like, I didn't even know like what who the Lemurians were. So um, I guess that was the first I'd heard of them. And then maybe a couple of months later, I was in a crystal shop in Santa Fe 
I don't know, you, I'm sure you have walked through a preschool shop and you hear something like, oh, here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and there was a bowl of just tiny little Lemurians. And so that was the first one I got. And just in your pouch. What are some upgrading? <laughs> yeah. What are some of the things that you've like felt or seen or when you hold those crystals and the specific oh codes? Um, you know, when you start going down this path, it, it kind of like snowballs. Um, which I think it does with anything with extraterrestrials or like, if you want to start looking for something, you're going to find it, you know, so like really choose your path wisely. Um, but I, I combine the crystals with my shamanic uh, journeying. Have you shamanic journeyed? Okay. <laughs> you know, um, and sometimes I would even do that in the bath. So you're combining like, you know, these powerful stones, this deep like trance work basically, and the element of water, and you're gonna go somewhere. <laughs> um, so, you know, you just meet all kinds of like, whether you wanna say like they're actual beings or just this archetype that is like, part of your spiritual composite you know whatever it is like it brings some sort of like inner wisdom that you had no idea was there you know and like how seriously do you want to take that um you know is this being offered with integrity you know like you I really think you need to do your your due diligence you know and this comes to with like channeling and um just anything and I channeled works is like its own area but um yeah I mean I got I got a lot of information I got a lot of information information about like who I was before where I came from where I'm going you know what are what are all these dimensions what are all these layers you know what is time what just all this stuff and like it's so fascinating and you get on like the Lemurian train and you get on the Pleiadian train and you're like I'm going like I I'm going <laughs> and, and you know like for me anyway a, a couple of months go by and I'm like where am I like I have two kids and I am an incarnate human being and I came here to be a human you know um like how about I really master being human and the messiness of being human um, which I love listening to Ram Dass speak about mm -hmm. the school of humanity. That's humanity. You're that's so funny. My best friend Amanda always talks about like we're working on being humans and exactly. like how do you, yeah, no, exactly. what do you think or how do you, you know, just process through the concept of time then? Oh gosh. Um, I would say that I don't have a real like specific. <laughs> That. Um, I think it's impossible to comprehend. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, one day you think, oh, time is accelerating. Another day you think, oh, time doesn't exist. And then another day it's like, well, our minds are too small to even comprehend the, you know, the infinity. 
Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's just a lot of those things, right? Like we can't even, like you said, comprehend them. Right. So I do think that, yeah, time's really interesting. And I think it it's almost like you can get yourself in like a trance, just like trying to, you know, process through that and think that, but I definitely think we're all like on different time. Like we all experience time, obviously way different mm -hmm. and that we're, you know, I feel like we are on different timelines and that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in a lot of my dreams, I like do project, I can like project future past or like time and spatial portals where you're like, you know, going to different timelines. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, just super interesting and yes to think about of like the future and the past and the now and like everything's right you know every people say like everything's happening now like this is all the time right. there is so right right I feel like just focusing right like on being present and really not overthinking the past and not trying to think about the future too much is the best way to deal with time yeah I agree I agree I have so many well, not so many. I have a handful of friends that are very, um, you know, into recreating their timelines or timeline hopping or, you know, and I'm just like, I gotta, I just gotta be here and now. That's all I can do. Yeah, gotta be here. Yeah, one of my friends is like really, he's like never in his body. I think that's, yeah. you know, oftentimes I think that happens when you go through traumatic experiences as kids and you kind of, you know, sure. project out. But he's always right. like, and all these planets and he's he's he talks about how he you know and other be, light beings are shortening the timelines and okay. I do perceive that that is happening because I can feel and I think that has to go with like earth spinning faster and these higher vibrations coming in is that time is you know what maybe took hundreds of years for our consciousness is going to take a couple days or a moon right. cycle of and I do feel that a lot and I feel like, oh my God, I need, you know, my body needs, when you're kind of on that level of feeling those things that that's where I do, you know, feel like what your friends are talking about is the timeline shortening is I may consciously not be doing that. But I think that in order to get some of the manifestations and that energy current into the reality, that that sometimes that has to happen. Right. Right. So, we'll see. It's interesting. It is interesting and overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, but I, I really like what so you're saying. It's accelerated right now, you know. It's very accelerated. And I think that I really liked what you talk about and really grounding in that of like, I am here to be a human. And like, I want to, you know, I, I always say a prayer of, you know, thank you universe or God for providing the people experiences and consciousness necessary for the evolution of my consciousness. And then mm -hmm. some days I'm like, please slow down so that I can just right. like enjoy this orange and like, yes. go to a sporting event or something like right. that, you know, yes. yeah, we are here to ascend and, but we're also here to experience the, the present moment and the beauty of the earth. Right. You know, we spend um, so much um, intention, time, energy on creating these pockets of sacred space. You know, like I've taken courses on creating sacred space. And, you know, I feel like the bigger work or the deeper work is like, obviously that everything is sacred, you know, like every moment, every experience, every interaction and like the more intention 
and attention, you know, you give it, you're, you're giving it its sacred um, space. Yes. I love that. My, it just reminded me of this story that I love. And this is how I um, embody nature practices and kind of, I guess you would consider them like shamanic practices, but this uh, shaman was in Ecuador and he was, he was told that there was this woman that was, you know, high up in the trees and that she, you know, was like one of the most powerful being and, you know, was connected to the tree energy and all these things. And so he, him and his wife went on like a four hour canoe and then they had to hike up this big mountain and they go in this woman's house and she has like, not, you know, nothing really just a table and, you know, food. And he goes, you know, I'm here to get this wisdom from you and, you know, receive these blessings. And, you know, I want to learn from you. And she goes, okay. And so she takes him outside to a tree and she cuts off like a little part of the branch and she gives it to him and she's like this is it and he's like what like I you know I thought that it was like this huge thing and she's like no like this is all you need you know and so that's what I really ground in is like yeah just touching the trees and going to the creek and like those things create that intimate connection with you know what is and that all of that holds such potent energy that's all we need Right, just taking the branch from the tree and like, what all does that symbolize? Like our connectedness, life and death, regeneration, you know, the cycles of nature. I mean, it's just, that's everything. Yes, I love that story. I, I was, yeah, It's great. just a good one for people that, you know, really cling to the desire to have a lot of things, mm-hmm. which they're all, be- like, I love crystals too. And I love drums and all these things, but it's really, you know, those just help us see mm-hmm. the truth. Right. The greater truth. For sure. Do you have your tarot deck there? I do. Do you mind doing one pull for the collective? Oh, sure. Pull for the collective. Got it. Um, so as I said, I learned to read on the mother piece deck, which is round. And um, they actually taught, the author taught a really specific shuffle. Mm. Uh, which doesn't work with a traditional deck because you just basically like smear it around and use your left hand for the feminine, non-dominant. And um, it just, it it takes me a while to like switch to a traditional deck like mine. From that, do you still use that mother piece? Yeah, I do. And I like when, even now when I shuffle, I like to um, make a big mess with it, you know, put it out on my bed and like, I like to touch every card and yes, I highly recommend Mother Peace. the bottom side we got death wow death correlates to scorpio remember that um i like to read the top and the bottom 
So this is the shadow card. And then top card is Daughter of Swords, which I believe is, no, I don't want to say. I was going to say Aries, but it may not be. Um, yeah, so really abundant um, mental energy. Go for it. Don't look back. Let the past die. Honor the cycles of nature. Shed, release. One more to grow on. Nine of Cups. So this is the Wishing Well card. This is knowing your heart's highest desire and wishing for it. Um, that you have to have a pretty good grasp of your own self-worth and feel that you deserve it. There we go. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to have a conversation yeah. with me. I, you know, wanted to connect with you and I knew it would happen when it's supposed to. So I'm really grateful yeah. for all your creations and I really love your tarot deck and recommend to all the people. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right. <laughs>